0: oh welcome back good evening good evening and welcome to leafs late night we're gonna call this take two but you don't know that because you don't get to hear take one ha
1: ha ha
0: ha (laughs) ha so i'm roscoe and i am joined by beaner and Steph here on leafs late night where it's never too late for the leafs presented by inside the rink which we have some fun announcements to make about later on in the episode but for now let's get some life updates Um, take two i'll just say is because we're having some and this isn't video we're having some internet Issues, which is totally okay because people travel people work people travel for work being aware. Are you this time?
2: I am in bracebridge right now. So i'm up this way doing some testing for gravenhurst fire department
0: Ah You're fancy,
2: huh About a couple (laughs) weeks behind the leafs. They were up here a couple weeks ago. So (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. What were they doing up there?
2: I think Tavares has a cottage up this way, so they always come up for like a team bonding trip or something at the end of the summer.
0: Nice. Steph, uh, you've got a trip coming up, too. What are you doing?
1: Yes, uh, we are going out west, down to the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, where uh, one of my great friends, uh former roommate, moved to Cochrane, Alberta, so we're going to play, pay her a visit. And... You know, try and climb all of these mountains and try not to die. So, uh, yeah, big road trip ahead of us. Uh, looking forward to it and so glad that we were able to get together one last time before I leave and talk some Leafs, talk some hockey. So
0: Yeah, it's getting into crunch season. We've got, uh, it's now the 22nd as we record this. And that means we are two days away, two days away from the first Leafs preseason game. Oh, my gosh, it came so quick.
1: Yeah. Double header too. Right? Double dose of hockey for oh, everyone yeah, who had a true. withdrawal. Yeah. Big withdrawal. All off season, right? Like, I mean, we're arguing on Twitter over the dumbest shit in like July. So what might as well give the fans a double header for your first preseason game day.
0: So before preseason happens, training camp has to happen. And uh yesterday was the first day, and everybody's had their comments on uh on the first day of training camp and the takeaways and dubis's comments and all that but uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it so let's do that first before we go into anything else so there's a couple injuries that have uh, reared their ugly heads and uh, we gotta touch on those first Man. one being pierre engvall so pierre engvall is unfortunately going to be... Duh, 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 sorry, I had it open here for a second. What was it that he has? If one of you have it. Ankle, ankle injury. Ankle, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, then we've got Lilligren out six weeks with a uh, hernia surgery, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, My first question, why is that happening now, right before the season starts?
2: Realistically, <laughs> right. it probably happened. Probably happened at some point over the summer as he was working out or training or something like that right
0: Mm. yeah unfortunate but it kind of answers some questions as to why Dubas went the length to pick up the likes of uh, Victor Mete and Jordy Ben because we thought the Leafs were already kind of overloaded on defense but now that we see that uh, not only Lilligren but Muzzin is also going to be out for a little bit to start the season here so it kind of oh I hate to say a -a toteso but a a fucking toteso
1: did he pull his back golfing or what the fuck happened because the other day he told the media that he feels great and he's ready to play and then you know day one of camp starts and oh sorry guys my back is he like is this the technique to skip the skate tests? as you know Nylander was joking about in his media availability about Sandine. <laughs> Uh, you always wonder, right? There's so many injuries around the league and it's like, damn, are these guys skipping the skate test or what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, in all honesty, like it, it's not a small loss to have Lilligren and Muzzin both at the start of the season. So who do you guys have marked to take their spots? Because Sandine is still a question mark. And we've talked about him enough for the last three episodes. This is a Sandman free zone
1: one thing i do have to say about Sandine though i mean now is the time <laughs> if he wants to step in what did i
0: what did i just say
1: guys you, you can't argue though like no, two d guys point. are gone now is the time you want to play bro like come on sign that fucking contract even if it's a one-year thing and play like every minute he doesn't play affects his development sorry okay, real okay, quick because i know Sandin, we weren't right? gonna
0: talk No, 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 just because you brought it up, now I have to mention something. So we've been talking a lot about how the uh, negotiations are definitely leaning in the favor of the Leafs as time goes on and more contracts are signed and there's less money available and less spots, yada, yada, yada. This is the first thing that I think shifts the negotiations in Sandian's favor. And uh, I think this could either A, make it take longer, (laughs) because now the number is a little more uh, up for debate, or it's quicker because he, want, like you said, just wants to get in there and take the spot and prove that, uh, you know, he's right for it. Mm-hmm. So 50-50 for me. I don't know which one it's going to be, but that's that's my two possible outcomes of this. Um, as for people that are taking the spot right away, Justin, what do you think?
2: Um, I the, the obvious answer would be probably Jordy Ben to step in and, and fill a lot of those minutes because he's been there, he's done that. But secretly deep down i'm I'm really hoping that we can see like a, a hallowell or a cockanin step up and kind of seize the opportunity to get some nhl minutes under their belt
1: yeah
0: so uh what about you Steph?
1: I'm with Bean on this you know like the Leafs kind of stack the team throughout the offseason for these types of scenarios plus we have the farm to back it up I mean guys have gained significant weight over the offseason which I will touch on later on including Hollowell who gained over 20 pounds like you never know what could happen with these uh, Marlies guys too right and we saw some good progress with the developmental tournament like the prospect tournament and we see some similar names. So we could be surprised. And, you know, one other thing I just want to say quickly Ingval, um, when we learned about Ingval's injury, Dubis said that's when he sought out uh, Zach Aston Reese. So there's always a backup plan to the backup plan.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, one thing that just reminded me of uh, the weight being put on both Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray have put on double digits. Like, 16 and and 14 pounds i think or 18 and 14 pounds the two of them like they have bulked right up since joining the leafs organization i just wanted to point that out stuff
1: no, you're absolutely right. Samsonov, 14 pounds. Murray, 12 pounds. Hey, okay, you can't I'm go off. wrong. We we don't know if it's from the fucking hot dog stand or if it's from the gym. So <laughs> let's just see like how they perform first, okay? But one thing I do want to mention when it comes to weight, which is something I said, you know, my my off season wishes, which I always stood by, Marner. This guy needs to pack on 10 pounds in the off season. And we know it's almost nearly impossible with his body type and the time given to do so. But the kid gained nine pounds, guys. I think this deser- deserves like an applause.
0: He honestly looks it to like the pictures that I've seen of him that have come out lately. He looks a, a lot bigger, like a full grown man and not, you know, a rookie child anymore.
1: Yeah and matthews he looks like a fucking unit like he gained three pounds in the offseason and damn like he is just thick like 208 pounds and then there's william nylander who gained eight pounds as well now he's over the 200 mark at 204
0: so uh shout out to josh anselmo and battleborn fan talk was listening to uh him go through these numbers too what i find hilarious is how many guys are listed as an inch taller than they were last year. (laughs) Yeah, how does that happen? uh, New skates, new socks, I don't know. Different haircut. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're just making them seem meaner on paper.
1: hey why not right and our boy robertson too plus six pounds so and guys who didn't really need to gain weight like curtis douglas gaining five pounds now sitting at 242 so it doesn't hurt but uh it's definitely a thing to be talked about especially uh earlier you know a couple weeks ago i learned as well that Um, the number, the first overall draft pick from the halves, Levkovsky, he gained over 20 pounds in the offseason. 20 pounds. This kid is at 238 and now outweighs Pat Maroon, Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, Brett Burns. Like, wow.
0: Okay, to move on from, uh, as much as we like talking about how much bigger the team is, (laughs) (laughs) just to move on, um, Sheldon Keefe noted that the wing spot, this is from Mike Stevens on Twitter, uh, alongside Taveras and Nylander, is one of the jobs that's available for somebody to earn. So notes guys like Yarncroke, Kerfoot, and Abe Kubel. So what this means is Kerfoot's job is not solidified and confirmed and locked on that second line, and this is up to be challenged. And I think part of that must be coming down from management saying, you know, if we have to move on from Kerfoot at the deadline to free up some money, find somebody else that's working in that spot. Like someone else that's cheaper has to be able to work there because of how much we're paying the other two guys on that line. Like you should be able to find someone that can fill it out. Like you've done with bunting on the first line.
2: I've been calling it. Got it.
0: And it's interesting. I mean, he didn't note him, but that is a name that I think could also compete for it, but we'll see. Uh, how The fact that Keefe himself named these three, maybe Keith isn't as high on Goddard from what he's seen as the other guys, but I like that he named Yarncroke because that's somebody that hasn't been a favorite of coaches lately. So the fact that him and Keith are clicking, maybe they can find something in there.
2: I think with with Yarncroke, it's also a, a safety thing, right? Like, Keith knows he's been in the league. He's played numerous, numerous games. He doesn't have to, you know flog a dead horse there and and get him used to the league and where he wants to play he can basically just say hey you're on this line and he'll know what to do right
0: yeah Yeah, and again this isn't to diminish Kerfoot any in any way it's just this is what's going to come down for management if they're asking him to save money this is what the coach can do is find other people that they've already spent less money on to do the roles of people that are making more so uh, that kind of takes us to the next point which is dubas has no contract this season Mm. essentially like it's it's up at the end of the year and uh whether he gets an extension or no job is kind of dependent on how the leafs do so what my question is for you guys is what does kyle dubas need to do to keep his job at the end of this leafs season and when is the end of the Leafs season for that to happen to keep his job? Yep. He has to make the
2: playoffs. The, the, the way I that's, look at it, there's... That's enough.
0: I, you think that's enough to keep his job is just making the playoffs?
2: Absolutely. Since Ever since when Pat Quinn first came in and was GM coach, or if you go back to Cliff Fletcher when he acquired Gilmore, aside from those two partial eras, because you can't even include the entire era... This Kyle Dubas era has been the best this Leafs team has played since they won cups. As as much as we want to mock, people want to mock them and make fun of them for not getting past the first round, okay. Nashville's done the same thing right now. David Poyle's one of the longest tenured GMs in the league. You, you can go through pretty much every team. There's, what, 26, 27 teams that have. You know, okay, win one round. What's the big deal of winning one round? It's like a perennial 100 plus point team that is playing the best hockey they've played in forever. A constant threat. And the only people who seem to be taking them lightly lightly are the media. Like all the other teams in the league know what a powerhouse the Leafs are. They're not saying, oh, the Leafs can't get past the first round. We're not worried about them every single team out there would be shooting bricks if they found out they had to play the Leafs in the first round.
1: Yeah. And players are choosing the Leafs, you know, in the off season to play for because they have so much faith in this organization, the, you know, the management, the developmental staff. I mean, good on Dubis for taking accountability of his actions, you know, just stating, like, Um, he'd much rather be evaluated on full term anyway because this organization preaches accountability and he is no different. You know, Bean, you're absolutely right. Uh, Leafs, since he's been a GM, he leaves our fifth in wins, third in regulation wins, fifth in goal differential, and have the top two regular seasons in franchise history measured in points. So you can't argue that there's no success there. Obviously- Yeah, I can.
0: And it's no first-round wins. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, that's... I don't think making the playoffs is enough for Dubas to keep his job. If you don't make the playoffs with the roster that's in front of him, then, of course, he should lose his job. Like, there's no reason this team shouldn't be making the playoffs. They tanked to get Austin Matthews. The Preds are not in a position where they have... 40-plus million dollars spent on a handful of guys that are expected to be competing for the Cup every year and are falling not just short, but extremely short of that goal. So yes, I get that the first half of any president or prime minister's term is spent cleaning up the last person's work, and Dubas had to do a lot of that in getting rid of contracts. But honestly, I think making the playoffs is not enough for him to keep his job, and I don't think it's enough for Keefe to keep his, and I think the target is on Shanahan at that point, honestly like I think I, I think that the the town, the media and even the players themselves are not happy with the results the last couple of years. Matthews is disappointed that they were out in the first round more than he cares that he scored 60 goals last year.
2: yeah well yeah that, that's what any player is gonna say but like by that logic, if every team was like that, we wouldn't be thinking of the Red Wings as a team that's just coming down from being a 27 year playoff success story of being one of the juggernauts of modern hockey because people were saying the exact same thing about the Red Wings in the early 90s that they're saying about the Leafs right now you got to blow it up you got to get rid of Iserman Fedorov Lidstrom because they they failed year in and year out they failed and they stuck it together and they won four cups out of it
1: I'm I know, not same saying with Colorado
2: yeah like Joe Sorry, Sakic man. was no it's okay Joe Sackick was the general manager And they had one of, if not the worst, seasons in NHL history, points-wise. And they stuck with it. They kept a good chunk of the team. They kept the core. Sackick stayed. They built back up. They even kept Bednar. Bednar was the coach that season. And they still won. I, I see what you're saying.
0: They've been running the same thing back, saying that this is what's going to bring a cup to Toronto. That's the difference. Is like the narrative has been this is it. This is what's going to do it. And it's been whether it's the best team win Tampa or the literally the worst fucking team in the league in Montreal. They couldn't do it. They choke under the pressure because something is not clicking here. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it's what Dubas has put together, but I'm saying that at some point somebody needs to be held accountable for the fact that this team is not getting over the same hump that it has not been able to get over since 2004. You, but you, this you is
1: can't the same it. Go ahead, bean. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. <laughs> no, you, please. You can't
2: like like you can't really factor in the 2004 part because that has nothing to do with Dubas. If you no, want it to do Dubas, you have to go 2018. This is his fourth year. Dubas was not the general manager of the first 2 years that Matthews and Marner era began. And if you want to look at it that way, in those 4 years, 3 of the years that they didn't make it out of the first round, the team that eliminated them made the Stanley Cup final.
1: Thank you. That's exactly it's, it's, what it's, it's, I was going to say. And, thank and you. chance. No, it's not chance. He, he, but that
0: it's is not is. chance. It is. It's a tournament. Not, it's they're a bracket not tournament.
1: Getting swept.
2: They're not getting swept. They're taking it to game seven. They've won more games in the playoffs in the last two seasons than Nashville has in the last six. And nobody's saying these things about Nashville.
0: Nobody's but Nashville saying, doesn't have the star power that the Leafs have. Nashville didn't tank to get Austin Matthews. Nashville didn't spend seventy million dollars to bring in John Tavares to be the second line center. Like the the things that have been done in this town to say like this is what's going to do it. Like there's a difference between like being a perennial competitive team and being a perennial like having Amazon follow you around, calling a documentary all or nothing, because that is the story that's around this team that's what's expected of what they've put together right now and if he can't do that somebody has to be held accountable for this they can't just be I'm not going to sit here in 12 months and be excited about running this back again if we're in the exact same position I just I can't be If they've lost in the first round and we have the exact same roster with a couple new pieces on the third and fourth line and Austin Matthews has some big extension and everybody else got extended and we're back in the exact same spot, I I just don't know how you you guys can tell me that it's going to be, you know, we keep running this back, eventually it's going to work because eventually it worked for other people. Well, you know, eventually other people are going to age, like these guys are going to age out of being able to, Play the same. Like, we're not going to get the same production out of these guys forever.
1: I think now is the
0: prime of these guys. Matthews is scoring 60 goals, winning a heart. Like, you don't have that many years left of John Tavares being a point plus per game player. Who knows what is going to happen at the end of Nylander's contract? Like, there's just so this is it's now or never with this core, and they are some of the best hockey players on the planet. So, Mm -hmm. make it happen.
2: Yeah. this is this is Bentman's NHL this is the salary cap era you build your core and you have to build around it and every other team that has won in the last little while has gone through the same thing people said that about Washington people said that about St. Louis oh the windows close. the windows close. they come back and they win like these kids are just they're, they're kids they're just entering their prime Matthews and Marner st- still have 10 years of good hockey, like great hockey. Oh, captain.
0: for sure. But it's how many of those years are you going to have the star power that they currently have around them? Like, the I get it. The The one thing that will give Dubas is he hasn't been able to play out his system without a, a locked hard cap. He never got to play out his fantasy that he built the system that was planned for, you know, his five-year plan when he signed his contract. He didn't get to see that come to fruition. I get it. He's been adjusting more than most GMs have had to. But he still has one of the best core forward groups in the league. So that that's my point, really, is that I get it that other teams have had this position where they're making the playoffs every year and eventually it clicks. But that was, you know, eventually they got to the point where they had built a roster like the Leafs have now. Like they, they rushed through, you know, piecing things together and were like, this is it. We are committing to not having much money to throw around these guys. These are the ones that are going to do it, and they haven't yet.
2: They also didn't have Lou Lamorello and Mark Hunter destroying their prospect pool for years.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying, but it takes a couple years to undo the damage of the last person always. I mean, that's like taking over anything. I just, I don't know. I'm not saying I want to see him go. I'm just saying I want to see success and not just everybody being okay with the status quo every single year. Cause this is like three years in a row now where we've told ourselves, we're not going to be okay with this. And here we are. So
2: it's, it's no, not the status quo though.
1: Yeah. Like, like it, it's frustrating.
2: It, 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 it's very frustrating. But if, if you look at like Marty's t- uh, handle over the summer, right? Run it back. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. They're running the core back. They've got a, brand-new starting goalie, brand-new backup goalie, and bare minimum, what, six, seven players on the daily active roster that are going to be different. Even though Dubas hasn't had a chance to play out his plan due to COVID, Capri, you name it, everything has worked against this guy. And year in and year out, he's still able to address every single issue that the Leafs have had. If you take all media away from it, and try to look at it from like an unbiased view of not a Leaf fan, just someone who knows hockey. I know we're passionate about the Leafs, but both of you are able to look at hockey just as a sport and not for the team. He's done it. They needed to improve defense. He brought in Muslin, He brought in Brody. Last year he brought in Geo to stabilize everything.
0: Got rid of out.
2: Yeah. Freddie was getting hurt. They needed some stability Mm -hmm. as a backup. He found a market inefficiency in someone in Jack Campbell who wasn't developed properly and was looking like he was going to be a late bloomer. Knew that in the the scenario and the house of trainers and medical staff, you name it, in Toronto, that he would be able to succeed. Brought him in, ended up supplanting Freddie. You can afford to move on from him. You don't have to waste that money on it. Same thing this year. He's not going to waste all that money on Jack as much as we all love Jack. And I know Steph's gonna get angry with me here. He's he's gonna go to Edmonton. He's probably gonna have a good year this year, and then it's gonna go downhill. Look at his team photo. He already looks like he's depressed. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. As much as everybody wants to rip on the guy, he's took a team from a quote unquote Hall of Fame general manager who should have retired twenty years ago. That Facts. had no pros- That had no prospect pool. Had horrible contracts. Not only has he kept the core pieces there without having to ditch them, he's shuffled and continued to put in talent in and around them while, you know, working on different pieces that have needed it season by season. And he's built the prospect pool back up so that if it doesn't work this year, over the next, like the, the following year or the year after that, these kids are slowly going to start being able to trickle in and we're going to be able to do what Tampa's doing he's had his hands tied and he's still turned it into one of if not the best general manager resumes that we've seen since Sammy Pollock
0: Listen, I don't disagree, <laughs> but the point <laughs> of the the point of this conversation isn't are we going to fire him at the end of the year if nothing happens? We're not talking about firing somebody who's under contract. We're talking about potentially re-signing him for another 5 years. So it's do we want to do that or not. Like it, I think it that's what kind of that's why I'm trying to not sound like I'm saying I don't have faith in this team and I'm I'm frustrated with everything Dubas has done because I'm I'm not trying to take that stance. It's do we want to commit to another five plus years of this plan if, you know, this is as far as we've gotten so far. So I think he's really got to prove this year, uh by trade deadline that the commitment's there to really going for it while he can and look if it works out it means a ton of money for him instead of signing now for whatever it could be just for a regular extension look if they if they get past the first round he can basically name his contract <laughs> and i will be thrilled for him and for everybody i like I i'll be singing his praise because look i agree i'm i like all the moves he's done and it's not about like I understand that that's as much as he can do as general manager but he is still like it it comes top down like there's an attitude there's something that's been off with this team where they get in their heads like they can play 82 games perfectly well they can play about 70 games perfectly and then as soon as the first round hits it's like something collapses in them mentally and it's it ultimately comes back to him at the top to try to figure out what it is that's stumping these guys but so you're
2: you're you're putting you're putting everything before last year and the Montreal series in the same lump as last year in the Montreal series. Not that I want to make excuses, but that seven game series against Tampa last year, that was some of the best hockey I have ever witnessed. That's play. yeah. they it's, Tampa's it's not, best team in they, the league. They, I get it. Well, and they didn't pull their, the, you know, the two game sevens against Boston where they just completely shit the bed. They didn't pull that. They were there the whole series and they battled. The Montreal one, I'm not going to use COVID as an excuse because everybody had to deal with the bubble. Yeah. But that Tavares injury, like, I've grown up watching horror movies since I was six years old.
0: Okay, yeah.
2: Seeing Seeing that happen to Tavares, that made me feel sick to my stomach. And I'm so desensitized. Like, I couldn't even imagine if it was someone that I knew that I saw and worked with every day, right? Like mm-hmm yeah. I, I see i see where you're going with it but based on what he's done already 100 i would sign up for another five years i think the only reason shanahan hasn't offered him an extension at this point is because you know damn well if he got an extension coming into camp that is all the media would talk about all mm-hmm. season and it would just get so ridiculous
0: yeah and i mean it's they would be doing exactly what i'm doing right now just you know every day so yeah. With that, we should (laughs) probably move on from this because we've spent way too much time literally just kind of arguing about nothing. Can I just say one thing? (laughs) Fine. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Sorry. I just want to say, though, because I know I'm very emotional and Bean is very level-headed, and this is why it hurts so badly when the Leafs lost because we saw that they could do it. They were toe-to-toe with Tampa every single game. Like, I... Oh my God, it hit me so fucking hard. Like I was out for months. Like you guys knew, like I wasn't even around for the pod. Like it literally put me in this fucking depressive hole because I knew that this team could do it. And the fact that they went into the hot season and have to, you know, blow up this roster because of cap issues. And you know, you can't keep everyone. It hurt like hell. And that's why I was so angry at first hearing about Murray. I'm like, now is the time and you're taking a chance on a pro like an injury project right and that that was my initial reaction but of course time goes by you you look at it from like a more level-headed perspective and i see your point roscoe like i see it and like i just don't want you to become a baghead. head okay <laughs> like i get your point But we have to be realistic here, and I really, really think, like, the Leafs can do it. This core, we believe in this core for a reason, and we just have to wait it out. Like, we can say all that we want, but I guess my point is that's why it hurts so hard. And it wasn't the same as the Montreal series where, you know, the video, we just threw everything in the trash, (laughs) like, you sent to our fantasy group, like, just pissed. But... Cause that was a blowout. Like that was shit. There was no excuse for that. But the Tampa series, man, I know you were working. Bean and I were on. Like I don't know what to tell you, man. It was. I don't
0: know. Oh. If you take, you can take fifteen different ways. If you keep ending up at the same place, it doesn't really matter. What, like you're just, like I get it. There's always something, but there can't always be something. We can't do this mm-hmm. every time. Like every team deals with something like the amount of guys that were injured on Tampa every game and came back out there. Like I it's, there's always some, every team gets to have a story of why they got knocked out and why it didn't work this year. But like, it's, I guess that's my point is I'm tired of there being something every time it's, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, we went toe to toe with Tampa, but some of the calls didn't go our way. And you know, it just, just lost the fight in the end. Well, you know, there was the injury to taveras and some people made some bad mistakes and like i get it but i can't do that every year it's and i i just eventually i need to see something or it's it's like it seems like we're just making excuses for ending up at the same result like i get it there's different reasons that we end up there but it's still the same result and you can't argue that
1: my mental health cannot handle it either, honestly. If like if this happens year and year and year, like I will be on that train too. Like, but right now, looking at the bigger picture, and you know, fresh start, training camp has started. John Tavares has had a full summer without having to hit, as he said, all of the check marks to being cleared to play. This is the first. Yeah, so summer. did Jake Muzzin. Yeah, and like, well, you know, it's happening. and no, he's not. Geo gets a full training camp guys, so he can actually learn the system fully and get his reps in and not just jump into action. Like I think he's going to make a huge impact, especially with Spez out of the locker room, right? I think Geo's going to be like really like impactful. I don't know. All right. This, odds. Matthew different.
0: scores 60 again. Staff you start
1: i think it's happening i honestly think even marner scores 40
0: uh i have a different one for marner matthew scoring 60 what do you think out of 100 so like a percentage i guess
2: scoring 60 yeah 98
1: percent i'll go 92
0: okay so over 90 percent uh marner he's, he's scoring a, 70 uh, marner scoring 100 points has 98 percent
1: 92 again <laughs> i think it's they <laughs> have to work together right like they're a tag team uh, they i think they're, they're gonna, gonna be, be killers this other. year yeah oh fuck yeah right like especially mark like look at the kid like he does not look like a kid anymore no he- and he figured out how to score f- last year <laughs> right and I've, and I've
2: been pimping it all summer too with marty tavares getting getting 100 points this year
1: you think yeah. yeah. i think absolutely absolutely and Willie, like I think he's going I would to say, pop off too.
0: I I think ninety for Tavares. I don't know if he'll break a hundred, but I think he'll do ninety at least. Um, Leafs will Willie... At least we'll have at least three
1: hundred point players on the team by the end of the oh, year.
0: Jeez, jeez, not a hot take because it's happening. I don't know if I take that bet. <laughs> I'm not saying it's impossible, but damn, that's tough. That's not easy. Uh, Okay, league-wide, this is uh, one that was asked on Overdrive. Um, How many players do you think are scoring 50 goals this year, league-wide?
2: What did we hit this year? Four or five?
0: Three of them. It was um, Matthews, Dreisaitl, and Kreider.
1: Right, Kreider.
0: Who is probably going to score, like, 32 goals next year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't bet on Kreider again.
2: I'm uh, going to say five, and one I'm of them secret. is going to be Mc, McDavid for the first time.
0: I'm just secretly saying that Kreider's not going to score so I can nab him in fantasy again. Um, I think <laughs> McDavid could finally do it because he's been training, like, watching Matthews, and he was skating in Toronto. He's trying to shoot more. I think taking the, like, dry saddle's been telling him shoot more. He just played the playoffs with Kane, who was just demolishing it. Like, he's been watching people, and I think that's how he kind of develops is he's he's like that um who's that dc character that when he touches you he, he like steals your powers it's like mcdavid just sees somebody that's better than him at one thing and he goes oh i'll add that
2: <laughs> True. Well, it's, it's like crosby right crosby's rookie year is horrible at face-offs next year is one of the best in the league and then the one year he just decided hey i'm gonna score and goes and gets 51 or 52 goals and wins the rocket richard yeah.
0: Yeah, I think th- that's what's going to give Matthews a run for the heart this year, is McDavid just saying, yeah, no, give me that back, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> yeah, I totally Dark agree. Dark course for the heart this year? Kaprizov. Ooh. Oh.
1: Speaking of Kaprizov, I saw something today that said their GM, you know, they were so nonchalant when he was stuck in Russia, but they actually hired a special team to work on getting him back to the US uh, Uh, in August because he was obviously wanted in Russia for allegedly obtaining a fake military ID years ago. So, yeah, I don't know what the special team, you know, consisted of, but it worked. (laughs)
0: Steph, who's your Dark Horse Heart trophy pick?
1: Um, hmm. That's a tough is, one.
0: Is, She's is, going
2: to say Campbell. Is, no. <laughs> Jonathan,
0: Huber, is Jonathan Huberto a, a Dark Horse? Not really. I'd I think say just, he is. Just because he moved, I'd say he is, but I think he's going to have an explosive season setting up uh, him and Lindholm are just going to be fucking disgusting together.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, being a least fan, you know, I'm going to give it to Matthews again. I think Matthews... That's not a
0: dark horse. He just won it.
1: Okay, fine. If it's not Matthews, because I think he's just going to get even better. <laughs> um, Bean, that was a really good pick. Um, you know, I always have Kyle Connor on my mind when it comes to goal scoring and like a not not heart candidate but you know someone who could reach 50 goals as we could we were just discussing you know and panarin but no i don't the know mm.
0: i like i get it i just i don't know Colonel connor not
1: not maybe not for heart but maybe like one of the guys to score 50 but dark horse okay. heart
0: no, that's fair. Let's let's shift it over to that. So, who do we think is going to? We we said McDavid is going to join the fifty club with Matthews. We'll say Dry Settle's probably going to score fifty again. We're Pasta. saying we're saying Kreider's not. You think Pasta will? Absolutely. Even with, well, I guess that it might be to his advantage that parts of the team are out at different times of the year. So,
1: but not to his his advantage that two of the top D core are out. So unless that eh. D core really pitches in but hey we I don't doubt past his ability of course um I think it's definitely possible he can uh, score
0: 50 if they're still letting goals in
1: yeah <laughs> um hmm and then oh, the man. fifth is going to be old faithful yep Ovi of course
0: Ovi I think Kaprizov could go for it
2: I think this will be Ovi's last year at 50 he'll get 50 on the dot and then he'll never get past he'll never get cap- it again
0: what did Capriza hit last year? Like 40-some, 40 44 or something?
2: Forty, I think 43, 44, something like that, yeah.
0: I think he could do it, especially because uh, he kind of has to because there's nothing else in the Minnesota Wild. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so um, just a quick couple announcements here. So from Inside the Rank, if you haven't gone over, check out insidetherink.com. And you can sign up at the top there for, uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter Um, and you can get all of the articles as they come out right to your inbox. And this is exciting because we have not only uh, now Mike the Fanatic who's been writing for us, but we have just added two new writers for Leafs content to the Inside the Ring team. So thank you so much to uh, Josh Anselmo of Battleborn Talk who's gonna join us as a writer and mm-hmm. um nathan bondy who is from another um one sec he's from victory's esports and i believe he's a writer mm-hmm. for another prospect um he writes for dauber prospects so cool. we have a couple different takes coming in it's going to be a lot of new Leafs content coming inside the rank. and other things that are fun about the website is we've now partnered we they at inside the rink thankful for them have partnered with uh puck so now you can get all of your salary cap stats on inside the too and anytime you go over a player you can see what their contract is just by scrolling over their name how cool is that
1: so cool and they also have this new fantasy tool i was if just gonna in... say the
0: fantasy tool but you can take that away
1: yeah so you just have to enter your league details if you're in a in a points league and it will help you organize your fantasy roster or give you advice on who to draft or you know depending on your league setting so i thought that was really impressive
0: yeah so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to inside the and click on the inside fantasy hockey where they have the free hockey draft tool so you enter your email and you're going to get uh, an Excel sheet, like Steph said, and you, there's a, um, a sheet at the bottom for weights, and you're going to put in exactly how everything's weighed, and it'll literally show you in the other tabs, based on the scoring of your league, how every single player is ranked. So you can check people off and say, that's who I'm going to take. It makes it so easy. And on that, Steph, tell them about our fantasy leagues.
1: Yes, the link is out, so please, if anyone wants to join our fantasy leagues, fill out the form so I can take down the information and divide y'all into different leagues, uh, ranging from free, 25, 50, and 100 Canadian dollars. Uh, top three will be paid out in each league, besides the free, of course. Um, the number one spot getting 50% of the pot, 30, and then 20. These are head-to-head categories leagues, guys. We love categories. I love categories. I'm always a category fan uh, versus points. It takes more skill. Use your brains. And it's just a lot of fun. So if anyone wants to play along with us and, you know, the friendly competition back and forth, message us. Fill out the form. Join our Discord, too, where we have a fantasy channel. And, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Fill out the form.
0: Hell yeah. Um, Boehner, you want to uh, tell the people about the trio of defensemen that retired the other day?
2: Uh, you mean the battle of the, what was it, early 2010s, Habs and Bruins, and then the Iron Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So big Big Z, Zidane Ochara, retired, Um, originally drafted in, I believe it was 1997, if I got it correct, by the Islanders.
0: 1996. Six. Ah, you're off. Played Um, his first
1: game in 97.
2: He's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, I believe. Just the the longevity he had, the success he had, Um, and you talk to anybody that was on his team... Like something that just blows your mind about him is he was letting up pretty much every game he ever played. Like If you really think of it with his size and his strength and how athletic he was, there's no way in hell that people wouldn't be getting injured if he was playing full bore every single moment of every single game.
0: Well, look, when he rode patches into the boards there, he was barely even using and he almost killed the guy like he he was at least aware like very self-aware of his size that's a good point
2: Mm -hmm. so just a a complete class act and and a ridiculously impressive human being like he was in off injured for a little while and got his realtor's license like he learns new languages every off season like the guy's just ridiculous
0: part of Um, probably the worst trade in ottawa senator's history
2: (laughs) there's a lot of those
0: um for those that don't know, the all Us Senators shipped Jason Spezza and uh Zdeno Chara out for Alexi Yashin, was it?
2: Well, you're no or Chara, am i mixing Chara, up two trades. You're mixing up trades, yeah. Cuz uh the Yashin deal that's that should have been how they acquired Chara.
1: Hmm. From the
0: Island Oh, I'm fucking something up. Ignore me.
1: This guy's impressive, you know. There's a like, trade there. I'll find it. You said he's, he learns languages. This guy learned different languages while sitting on the airplane from game to game. Like, this guy, I don't know. He got his real estate license in the one month that he was off on injury. He He's clearly a fucking genius. And also, you know, in his goodbye letter, he was he stated, you know, age 16 never gave up but uh, always knew it was hard to play with his size and height but
0: yeah sorry yeah. guys I was seven when this trade happened yeah the Sens traded uh, Alexi Yashin and they got Zdeno Chara and Jason Spezza in return <laughs> which is <Wow>. fucking hilarious
1: <laughs> and now there are no active players in the league who have lost to the Leafs in a playoff series <laughs> with Char yeah, retiring
0: because Char was on the 04 Sens team
1: Yeah, he was only 27 years old at that time. And uh, he he beat out the Leafs three (laughs) times.
0: He was only older than Austin Matthews is now.
1: Yes, that is correct. Beat out the Leafs three times with the Bruins. And yeah, just impressive career. 1680 games, 200 playoff games. You know, Islanders, Boston, Ottawa, Washington going to sign a one-day contract to retire as a Bruin rightfully, rightfully so I mean, and then... honestly
0: 1680 games played and 2085 penalty minutes is really not that bad for what you'd expect from a defenseman of his size No, like he absolutely. stayed out of the box
1: yeah yeah and he then... said it was very challenging to learn his size and height uh, he was cut from junior growing up because of it and Like without the support of his parents and his sister like the guy almost, you know May have never made it to the nhl because of the struggles he had due to his size
0: Wow Okay, so then we've got The next one drafted a whole, uh, what's that nine years later in 2005? <laughs> Keith Keith yandel Is uh, announced his retirement at the age of 36? Because his Iron Man streak was broken. Yeah. Basically, the only reason that anybody was icing him anymore was because that was going. Um, he was great, and then, I mean, the last couple of yeah. years, I think with Florida, just age got to him. I don't know.
2: And then Philly yeah, in his well, last year. Father time waits for no one, right?
0: But honestly, I'm looking at his numbers here. He wasn't even like 2019, 2020, 69 games played he still had 45 points but like 40 assists he just wasn't scoring nearly at the same pace as his early years
1: Yandel was an excellent defender for a period of time there and then he got acquired by the Flyers and it all went to shit he was a minus 47 on the year and you know sitting him to oh, break his me. Iron Man streak because he literally was not good enough to make that roster like felt bad for the guy but at the same time you have to play good enough to stay and you know it was only a matter of time i saw this coming like i couldn't see him playing another year in my opinion
0: man speaking of the flyers did you hear uh ryan ellis was just announced that he might never play again his injury might be career ending it's been causing him just like life-altering pain and he needs to deal with this and I think it's from what I understand don't don't quote me on this I know this is a podcast but don't quote me on this it seems like the surgery would end his career kind of deal yeah
1: it's very unfortunate you know this is supposed to be a quality guy from the Preds helping the back end of the Flyers and oh I feel so bad for the guy and another note on injury with that team Sean Couturier also out next season again yeah. with injury this is their number one superstar guy so you know i feel bad for the like i don't know it's what can you do right like besides yeah. just heal
0: i mean the flyers have just had such bad luck i mean Provorov's development has just kind of tanked along with everybody around him going down and him having to take on way too much responsibility beiners here showing us his dominoes oh nice <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ding dong, pizza's here.
0: And then finally, all at once, after we talked about him potentially being a uh, a PTO to the Leafs, PK Subban of Toronto, Ontario retires.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, wow.
2: Now, in his prime, he was definitely an effective defenseman. I have never liked him. <laughs> I don't know if it's the butt check? I don't know if it's cuz oh man like the butt check. checks like he's a bumblebee <laughs> he's like a bumblebee going in for a sting like nee, and then hit you with his ass like come on
1: I never stop thinking uh, about that now when I see the clips online of his checks <laughs> I'm just like beans in my mind and I just think of him checking with his ass first
0: <laughs> like anybody that Montreal Canadiens fans like Lee fans are obviously going to dislike just by default yeah yeah
2: there's only a there's only a select few that that uh, were, like, legends for the Habs that I like, and a lot of them are, like, all-time legends. Guy Lafleur, Sean Boulevard, Ken Dryden.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Patches is one of my, I would say, like, top 25 favorite players. But, like, I mean, currently not all-time. For but the,
2: For the 10 games that Yuri plays.
0: Yeah, he's fucking good. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I think what happened here is I mean obviously Supan was on a massive deal that was not reflective of his play anymore and that's nobody's fault but I think what was out there or I mean if there was anything out there is not as much as whatever he just signed to join whatever broadcast team he's going to be on in uh, three weeks
1: yeah um, before he announced he uh, was retiring there was an agreement already reached with the NHL on another entertainment project uh, kind of like uh, Peyton Manning's like Peyton's places but they're doing PK's places and okay. that's, that's supposed to air in May 2024 so okay, whether he was time yeah, man. so whether if they were going to pl- he was going to play or not, they were still going to work around his schedule, and he's supposed mm. to be the host of this show. But, um, I don't know. this is another one. you know, the rumor about Suban coming to Toronto, I never thought was going to happen. You know, it
0: wasn't as <laughs> much a rumor. We were talking about it for fun,
1: yeah, but because you, it, it's of... the
0: idea that like he's he's sitting around out there. He had superstar status at one point, and he has the experience and he's a veteran do you yeah. bring him in at, at 900k instead of spending a couple mil on somebody that isn't proven like it just it's worth the conversation I think at that point but and I think for any of them maybe not Keith Yandel but like even for Chara like the guy was I had a role to play still I I just think that there's too many players in the league right now for anyone to make sense of signing a 45 year old regardless mm-hmm. of his because yep. uh, like everybody's looking towards the next couple years and you don't want to keep signing people to one year just because they can still play so yeah with that do we think this is the last year we see uh is simmons signed for another year
1: yes it it Hmm. ends at the
2: end of this year i believe
0: okay yeah Yeah. so do we do we see just because his role has been diminished like do you see somebody in a, the 2022, 2023... I guess, no, 23-24 season being given a contract to be a fourth-line brawler? Beaner's shaking his Kubel. head.
2: No, absolutely. I, I, well, I, Kubel's day, not a brawler.
0: Kubel's not a brawler. There's a difference between being mean, <laughs> and I think that's being mean and annoying to play against is more like what Suban was, but like... Clifford. and But Clifford, I don't see... I don't... uh.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. There's a lot of guys, right? And there's a lot of roles that can be filled. But...
2: Technically, Steph has a point because Clifford's still under contract for the following year as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to get done... But I mean,
0: look, every every season you got to play the Winnipeg Jets a couple times, so...
1: Like, when we're talking about when are we going to play Clifford and Simmons, people say, oh, when we play the Jets, when we play the Bruins or whatever, like a heavy when team. Our so our
2: teams
0: play. Yeah. No, it's, it's not about, like, playing against heavy teams. It's about, like, if you play a team once early in the season and something happens, like, where Pierre-Luc Dubois was literally, like, on top of Matthews punching the shit out of him, that's when you say, okay, next time you're facing a line that as soon as the puck drops they're all going to start punching people in the face because of what you did last time that's what they have them for it's not about like preemptive it's about answering back and I think that's kind of why like it's not an awesome system because it almost like allows for the Leafs to get jumped the first time and then it's like oh well next time you're gonna answer or in the third period you might have to answer to Wayne Simmons it's like okay but we've already lost at this point that's why I think i'm hoping that some of these guys that he's brought in this year are more of just the style that are mean and hard to play against and just kind of towing that line between not playing dirty but just getting under the skin of the other team you know instead of just punching them in the face and going to the box for five minutes
1: we need everyone to be a rat right like you need them to be not everybody but
0: a couple of them at least
1: well yeah at least like one guy on each line right and you know be the instigator and dig out those pucks and you know just overall be a hard team to play against
0: yeah look how many penalties bunting drew last year he was leading the league for like 85 percent of the year at least yeah it was nuts most people once they get there it's like you're not getting calls anymore but he was still like no no no. he still did that to me and the, the refs couldn't deny it because he just pissed people off to the point where they were tripping him <laughs> like <laughs> it's great He's just getting thrown down because he would like go in to protect somebody and then like a bunch of guys grab him and they're like, hey, you can't do that. And he's like, but he just, yeah, well, he he can do that. <laughs> he knows what he can do. And that's why bunting is great.
1: Yeah. And then you think about physicality, then the playoffs, you know, they didn't let anyone move. Like nothing happened in the, the whistles were blown. And, you know, Clifford gets... A penalty over nothing, right? Oh, that was... He got a suspension. Or sorry, suspension. Suspension over nothing. And, you know, when Simmons stood up to the fourth line of Tampa, (laughs) they just didn't let it happen. So, I don't know. It was (laughs) frustrating. But, yeah. Did we talk
0: about milk yet?
1: No, I was just going to say something about it. So, yes, let's talk about milk.
0: Okay.
2: So... (laughs) I I just, I want to start here. Sorry, Johnny. As much as I hate advertisements, I am actually ridiculously impressed with MLSE for not only picking something that no one can find a legitimate reason to criticize, like, unless you're lactose intolerant. Or vegan. And that's... Actually, yeah, sorry, I didn't think about the vegan part. And it doesn't look horrible. Like, we, we touched on it, right? How the Laval Rockets with the rooster logo on their jersey. And I think much of all It's Montreal's not a rooster logo,
0: within... it's Saint Hubert. Come on. Show some respect.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I don't live anywhere near <laughs> Quebec. Um, That's
0: fair. There's like two Saint Hubert's in Ontario, and they're both here in Ottawa. so.
1: <laughs> and to that, um, I'll say, it, what?
0: It's like Swiss. So to anybody, sorry, just real quick, to anybody that doesn't know what Saint Hubert is, it's basically like Swiss chalet, but pardon. It's it Saint Hubert is like some. Okay, so you know how some Swiss chalets are like um a takeout thing like you can get stuff quick and from a counter and leave but there's also like the sit down thing that's kind of like mm-hmm. sandy bears like there's a drive through, but you can like also sit down and order like bigger meals of things but it's like rotisserie chicken gravy fries white roll oh french kfc
2: that's... Fancy.
0: exactly it's french yeah, it's french swiss chalet okay but i the don't y- think y- anybody y- outside of canada knows what swiss chalet is anyway so this might be This is true. just for Specifically people that don't live in Ontario or Quebec.
1: Rotisserie chicken and um, rib restaurant in Canada. Okay, next.
2: (laughs) But but, but like if if you look at it, it's it's simple enough. It doesn't take away from the jersey. I just, I couldn't, if I had to handpick a logo for them to put on their jersey, if they had to do one, realistically, I don't know if you could pick a better one.
0: Uh, Yeah, I've... My initial reaction was I thought it was photoshopped and I thought it was a joke because like (laughs) it was the absolute last thing I was expecting to see. Like I was expecting Scotiabank or TikTok or like TD, you know, like some big billion dollar corporation, right? And when I saw the milk thing, I literally had to like look at who posted it, make sure it wasn't a fake account.
1: Me too. <laughs>
0: see that there were other people posting it. I was like, wait, this is legit. Like we're actually getting milk on this. But when you see that it's just, it, the color scheme of it is either white with the white or the same blue. So it's like, it's the cleanest looking thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I still, it's so weird to just see milk on a Leafs jersey. But like,
2: thank your local dairy farmer for sponsoring our team. It's le- <laughs> <laughs> it's not as yeah. much
0: the dairy farmers as it is like the dairy lobby, to be quite honest. But I Supposedly get it.
1: Supposedly a eight figure deal, uh, multi year. I do not know the figures, but uh, you know, it is a good tie from the past, right? Dougie Gilmore and his commercial, and like
2: And the cow print tights
1: right so i appreciate the link right like at least there's some history there and it's like you know it fits in it's kind of legendary like yeah (laughs) i don't know if i'm ready for the jokes like this sets up the lease with more fucking jokes and to be picked on
0: more
1: yeah like Oh, Leafs effort, 2%. Nothing spoils in the summer like milk. (laughs) Only if they had drank more milk. Cream always rises to the top. Crying over spilled milk. Those are all so good. I'm just laying them all out there because, trust me, people, whoever's listening right now, I fucking heard it already, okay? I've already heard it, so all of your jokes do not hurt me. Kind of. (laughs) But... (laughs) anyway i know the vegans are eye-rolling the vegans are like oh my god i don't even know many vegan leaf fans but hey just don't take this personally it's literally i think the sponsor is great but yeah it's just the jokes for me like it's just pun after pun Oh, oh man
0: All right, since Bean's got his pizza, we got to let him go. We're at our hour here. I just want to close off with one quick, fun little... um, uh, Since the milk thing came up in Toronto, I think this is an appropriate story. So my mom texted me, uh, we're going to meet my parents at a cottage this weekend uh, that they rented for kind of a little family reunion thing. We don't get to see each other a lot, especially it's pandemic and all that, and haven't gotten the same get-togethers over the last few years, and now we can, so um she texted me and said do you know the uh western cream cheese that comes in like the yellow tub or western sour cream and i was like yeah and she's like if you see it at the grocery store can you buy two and bring it i haven't been able to find it and i was like you know what now that you mention that i haven't seen it the last few weeks either so i looked it up and from blog to toronto-based western creamery silently disappears discontinues all products oh so if you were a fan of this like i was it is a very sad day but western made the best friggin cream cheese and sour cream ever but they were in 2019 acquired by gay lee which if you are canadian you know is the brand that makes butter most of all of our butter um and they no longer list western on their website oh. so at first i was like oh the greed of this company. Who owns it? I swear if it's like Nestle or something. No. Do you know who owns Gay Lee? MSLE. The Collective <laughs> of Dairy Farmers of Canada. Fair. It's not really a brand. It's it's not like a company. It's just the brand of like basically the equivalent of Got Milk. It's just like the collective of dairy farmers. That's what they are putting out to stores i didn't know this it kind of makes me look at the brand better than i did before like i never i would have looked at it like any other corporate thing like i don't know why they don't push that as like their their image but to that it just kind of it seemed a little mm, ironic and unfortunate that in the same week that they announced that they were the sponsor of the toronto maple leafs on their jerseys they also kind of silently killed a Toronto-based dairy uh, creamery that they own. So uh, kind of two double-edged sword there, right? Eh? Not that I'm saying that, like, the Got Milk and the dairy farmers are one and the same, but it is kind of, it's branches of the same corporation, right? Mm-hmm. So. Wow. so they're collective, not corporation. Cooperative.
2: Before we, before we head off, there's a, a rather big This Day in Hockey History for September Ooh, 22nd.
1: Yes, please.
0: And what, and 50, what's that?
2: 50 years ago, today, Team Canada went over to the Soviet Union to play the first of the final four games of the Summit Series.
1: Mm. Ah. And
2: this is the game that, so ahead of each of the games, they would introduce the players and you know, they would exchange gifts with the players on the other team. And this is actually the game where Phil Esposito famously completely wiped out and fell on his ass as he was skating off of his team's blue line to center ice. Yeah oh, boy. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's hilarious. If anyone anyone could fall down and, and make it look graceful, it's
0: Espo. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy.
1: One last thing, too, since you mentioned Europe, um, I just want to say that, you know, the NHL starting their season on October 7th and 8th in Prague this year in the Global Series. Uh, the Sharks and Nashville Predators are heading to Prague to play, but the government said, any Russian players on these teams are not welcome. So the GM of the Sharks said, we all go or nobody goes. Since he has two players that are Russian on the team, take a guess. You should know at least one of them, you guys. And then there's the other one who's the younger bro of a well known Russian player.
0: Oh well, man. For, for the sharks, on one the San of them is the Barabanov.
1: sharks. Yep, correct. Alexander uh, Barabonov, remember that? Leaf's legend?
0: Yeah, the other one. Um Oh, my God.
1: Very Russian-sounding name.
0: And he's a younger brother of a currently playing Russian player?
1: Yes, and a top under-23 player. Top rated. Oh. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Evgeny Shevnikov. Yeah. So interesting to see if we're actually going to see some gameplay happening on those two days, right? If the GM pulls the team out or what could happen there?
2: Interesting. And Nashville has trending too, I believe.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not hear anything about um, Nashville speaking on this, but yeah, just something to watch.
2: Apparently the league doesn't see it it as an issue and they feel that it's going to be resolved.
1: Okay. Good to know.
0: And uh, just to close this out, thanks for listening. And if you have Stack TV or W Network, Check out on Saturday. There's a uh, Saturday night. There's gonna be a movie on. It's called Fly Away with Me. And um, if you have seen any of our videos and know what I look like, you might see a familiar face in that movie. Ooh, Just saying.
1: Superstar.
0: <laughs> Fly away with me, I'll, I'll, oh, like, mark.
2: I'll let you know what my grandma thinks of it.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I I would love to know what your grandma thinks of it. thanks for tuning in everybody this has been leafs late night uh presented by inside the rink head over and subscribe for all of your up-to-date news on all 32 teams including your toronto maple leafs uh thanks for the shout out over on battleborn fan talk josh and Summel. that was very kind of you and thank you for hopping on and joining the writing team super dope and excited to have you on you too nathan anything else i think we're good thanks guys have a good night uh, actually' sure not gonna work bye. Follow, uh, bye follow us on Twitter at Leafs Night and Instagram Leafs Leafs for the presence trophy
1: at bean twenty five please follow Bean okay I'm ending and this Suey and darty <laughs> and Leafs late night we would love more followers please thank you <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.